When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph gets the hook. But just how long will duck season last in Pittsburgh? Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. What's that insurance commercial? Life comes at you fast? Well, Mason Rudolph is living that nightmare. He went from being beaten over the head with his own helmet to being accused of shouting racial slurs on the football field to being unceremoniously benched by the Steelers against lowly Cincinnati, all in the span of 11 days. Now some are wondering whether the Mason-Rudolph era is officially over in Pittsburgh. Hint, more than a few sports columnists are already writing his Steelers obituary. In the immediate aftermath of the harder-than-expected win in Cincy, Coach Mike Tomlin isn't committing to who will be the quarterback in the big rematch with the Browns this Sunday in Pittsburgh. Hey, but I think we all know who it will be, and you can hear the duck calls from here. Yes, Devlin Duck Hodges, an undrafted rookie free agent, is your starting quarterback for what right now is a Steelers playoff run. You heard me correctly. The 6-5 and five Steelers currently have the sixth seed in the AFC playoff race. Of course, the playoffs don't start right now. The Steelers must keep winning. And their best bet is with Duck not Rudolph. Hey, the duck just has better presence in the pocket. He's more decisive with the football and he goes downfield to his wide receivers. He also seems to have a little more zip on the ball. Of course, don't get me wrong. I'm not anointing him a Hall of Famer or even saying he's the long-term answer for the Steelers after Ben Roethlisberger. I'm merely saying right now he seems to be their best option as the passer and leader of this team. It's funny because when the fans were quacking in the stands calling for Duck, many professional sports analysts in Pittsburgh were calling them crackpots for wanting Hodges to start over Rudolph. Now, here we are, and we've seen a good amount of evidence to justify the move by Mike Tomlin. Even the so-called experts are coming around to this conclusion. The Steelers are legitimate playoff contenders, and their best shot in the playoffs is a championship duck caller. Only right now, duck is calling the signals for the Steelers' offense. You could not have written this script. This whole season has been absolutely bonkers, and the biggest part of it, of course, is the defense has been playing absolutely out of its mind. Yes, we talk about Minka Fitzpatrick, but really on Sunday, Bud Dupree looks like a different linebacker, one who's going to get paid buku bucks in the offseason by the Steelers. 
Best of all, the season is not over. The Steelers can do some real damage down the stretch. It starts with exacting revenge against the Browns in what has become a hated rival renewed for a new age. Want proof? Out in Cleveland, they were caught on video swinging helmets at Mason Rudolph Pinatas, mimicking the absolutely egregious act by Miles Garrett in that last game down in Cleveland. Of course, Cleveland fans ought to know that it's going to be Duck Hodges who they're going to have to beat on the football field this time, and no one is bludgeoning Duck with a helmet. Look for a different outcome in the rematch. But on Thanksgiving week, we all should pause and be thankful it is a rivalry once again. Of course, along with that renewed rivalry, we're going to have to put up with all the bluster coming out of Cleveland, along with reportedly bus loads of fans clad in, get this, Miles Garrett jerseys who are planning to invade Heinz Field on Sunday. It should be absolutely a surreal scene. Yours truly is going to be there to soak it all up and report back to you in the next podcast. But right now, let's get back to this what could be the Mason Rudolph career wrap-up in Pittsburgh and the dawning of the Duck Hodges era. So what happened? Okay, this ridiculously short Rudolph era in Pittsburgh, some truly believe we have seen the last of number two behind center barring injury. Here's sports talker Andrew Filipponi, quote, I'm not sure Rudolph ever recovers from that night in Cleveland. Miles Garrett is a great player. He'll get another chance. Rudolph is on the verge of losing his job to Duck. Big Ben comes back next year. These are long-term ramifications, career-altering. Mark Caboli with The Athletic put it this way, quote, Four interceptions, smashed in the head with a helmet, fined 50K, accused of a racial slur, and now pulled against the 0-10 Bengals. It's going to be very difficult for Mason Rudolph to get over these past 10 days. Former Steelers backup Charlie Batch knows a starting QB when he sees one. Quote, looks like we have our Steelers QB for the rest of the season. I see you, Duck Hodges. KDKA's Bob Pompiani echoed the sentiment saying Duck is the dude. Quote, I don't think there is a controversy. Devlin Hodges should be the starter next week. It's a week-to-week thing, but duck season has begun for now. Alex Kazora with Steelers Depot says it's only a matter of time before Mike Tomlin makes it official by pronouncing duck the starter. Quote, Mike Tomlin hasn't committed to a QB for next week. Based on what Rudolph's done the last six quarters and how well Hodges has played, even with limited reps, it's near impossible not to turn to Duck. This is about the best chance to win right now, not evaluation mode, unquote. But it was Duck who semi-cemented his status with that electrifying touchdown to James Washington on his first drive in the Bengals game. Here's what the coach who pulled the trigger on the always controversial move at quarterback quipped about those results from Mike Tomlin, quote, 
I looked pretty smart after that play, didn't I? Tomlin said, giggling in explaining his move, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which goes on to quote Tomlin as saying, I just saw enough of what I needed to see and thought we needed a spark. Mason wasn't doing enough. We did what we thought was necessary to win this game, unquote. Still, Tomlin threw cold water on any talk of a duck dynasty in Steelers Nation. Quote, it's football. We're not going to read too much into it. Hodges made some plays. You can't take anything away from James Washington, what he did to produce that play after that catch. You will make more out of Duck's contributions than need be. So be it, unquote. What of Rudolph after getting relieved? Here's what Mason had to say in a story by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Quote, I think I've handled adversity well enough through my life, through my career. This will just be another obstacle. I'm looking forward to doing everything I can to overcome it, unquote. Hey, overcome it, Rudolph might, because who knows what the Steelers really have in duck. That same Pittsburgh Post-Gazette column goes on to note, quote, Hodges didn't play much better. He completed just five of 11 passes, but he did make one more play than Rudolph did with that big assist from James Washington. The Steelers somehow ended up getting one of the worst wins in franchise history, 16-10, to 10, in large part because Washington turned a pass over the middle into a 79-yard touchdown. All this is why Bob Labriola, writing for Steelers.com, says now that Tomlin has broken the emergency glass on Duck, he could go back and forth between his passers depending on who's getting the job done. Lab writes the quarterback change wasn't because of a half or even a game in the making. Quote, in his previous outing, Mason Rudolph threw four interceptions, and even worse than that has made no consistent progress in the area of being decisive in the pocket. Early in the second half against the windless Bengals, after the Steelers' first possession of the third quarter, to be precise, Coach Mike Tomlin had seen enough. After watching Rudolph complete half of his 16 attempts for just 85 yards to that point in the game, with one red zone interception and a couple of intentional grounding penalties, Tomlin told Devlin Hodges to warm up. Even though the move had the potential of adding the angst of a looming quarterback controversy to the list of this team's issues, Tomlin decided it had to be done anyway. For the afternoon, Hodges completed 5 of 11, which is 45.5%, for 118 yards, with 79 of those coming on Washington's big play. He was sacked twice, but he didn't turn the ball over, and he wasn't the cause of any pre-snap penalties. The accurate description of Hodges' play was that it contributed to the victory and didn't get in the way of it, unquote. Well put by Bob Labriola. Labriola goes on to note that the lackluster play by both quarterbacks means it's neither guy's job for the long term. He writes, quote, Neither Rudolph nor Hodges has earned the right to be the full-time starter, so whoever happens to be playing better at a particular time should be on the field, and if, when, his hot hand turns cold, 
he should be replaced unceremoniously without hesitation and knowing that the same fate awaits the other guy. That's why this time, this quarterback switch should be handled no differently than making a change at any other position on the team. It's not a referendum on either guy, and it's not even a commitment to one of them that should last beyond the end of that particular game, unquote. Hey, so it might well be, but I do think the commitment to Duck is going to continue into the Browns game, and then we'll see how that unfolds. But of course, some in Pittsburgh aren't content to have a quarterback controversy among two passers. Some are even inquiring about the Steelers' third option at the position, that being the recently required Paxton Lynch, who was out of football until general manager Kevin Colbert called. Here's the tweet from columnist Paul Zeiss, who just wanted to throw a little gasoline on Steelers Nation as if it isn't stirred up already. Quote, here's my question. How is it possible that Paxton Lynch is worse than the two options already ahead of him? Unquote. Hey, let's hope it doesn't come to that because the hated Browns are coming to town after that terrible and nearly felonious night in Cleveland. My take is simple. We badly need a win over the Browns. Still, we all should be thankful that this truly is a rivalry once again. There's never been any love lost between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, two cities separated by 90 miles of bad turnpike. But the reason they've hated one another with such passion is that they really are mirror images of each other. They're blue collar. They're hardworking. There's a body of water next to the city, and their football teams give them pride and identity. When they do battle, it's no holds barred. The series between these two teams was pretty much even through the decades. That is until Browns owner Art Modell picked up stakes and moved the original Browns to Baltimore, renaming them the Ravens. At that moment, the Ravens became the Steelers' real rival. The reconstituted expansion team Browns struggled for the past 20 years as a shell of themselves. They put up virtually no resistance to Steelers' domination. We had Ben Roethlisberger. The Browns went through nearly 25 quarterbacks to no avail. But they still called it a rivalry between the Steelers and Browns. What it really was was a mismatch. It was hard to hate someone so pathetic. And usually after the Steelers bludgeoned the Browns toward the end of another losing year down in Cleveland, the head Browns coach would roll. Beginning last season, there was a stirring by the lake. The Browns managed to tie the Steelers. Of course, only Cleveland could break a long losing streak by not winning. And then a few weeks ago on that crazy Thursday night in Cleveland, the Browns not only beat the Steelers, they beat them up. It was a headhunting bounty bowl of a game, ugly, violent, and a blessing because it was the bloody rebirth of a rivalry. It will be renewed again Sunday, this time on the Steelers' terms and on the Steelers' turf. The NFL fearing another ugly outbreak of grudge match between these two blue-collar pigskin pugilists have moved the game out of prime time, lest there be another unfortunate incident. The NFL can't afford another hit to its reputation 
But as far as fans of these two working class teams go, bring it on. Make it ugly. Make it hurt. But most of all, make it a win. We want to rub the other guy's nose in it, grind it right into the turf. Like one Browns defender once drove Terry Bradshaw's head right into the football field. Yes, on the week of Thanksgiving, we can all be thankful that Browns-Steelers, the rivalry, is back. And that is your Steelers update for now. Download the podcast wherever you download your favorite audio each week. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.